Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we talk about cannibalism in the movies and finding a gig on Facebook. Also, we check out a trailer for a new city-destroying monster and go another round of series survival. It's time for a top three turf war. All right, this week, we know that every podcast is tackling Kong Skull Island. We want it to be a little bit different. So there's actually a little indie film coming out this uh, this Friday. That is correct. It is named Raw. And Raw is a movie about a vegetarian who is forced to eat meat. During a veterinary school hazing. And this awakens something within her. Her thirst. I'm pretty for sure meat. that it, yeah, I'm pretty sure that we know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, the, kinda... the type of meat that she's going to be eating. <laughs> so we want to tackle our top three cannibal movies. Movies with cannibalism in them. So we've got some picks. And I'm gonna start with you, throwing it to Ivana. Go. My number three is alive. Well, we can talk about that because my number three is alive. What? And in the same spot? In the same spot. (laughs) Um, This is one of Becky's favorite movies of all time. It is definitely one of those survival movies that everybody needs to see. Absolutely. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I don't have like the best memory of it. But it's amazing. It's based on a true story. It's a realistic movie. Ethan Hawke, I remember him being awesome in it. They don't want to be cannibals, but hey, they've got dead soccer buddies and they will starve to death on these Alps. Rugby. Is it rugby? Pretty sure it's rugby. Okay. All right. It's one of those field sports that I know so well. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) I think what's beautiful about this movie to me is what it really shows is how strong our human spirit is. Absolutely. And we see that as they climb the mountains at the end of the film and there's hope. You know, they don't want to eat their buddy, but at the end of it, there is hope. Exactly. What's your number two? My number two is Silence of the Lambs. Okay, we can uh, we can come to that maybe a little later. Okay, okay. My number two is Wrong Turn. Oh, Wrong Turn made it on your list. Here's the thing about Wrong Turn. I am a sucker for this movie. I saw it in theaters, uh, I guess, way back in 2006 four? or 4 or whenever it came out. And I loved how fast it got into the action mm. and how fast we realized these hillbilly people are there to eat them. Right. And it's not a great movie by any means, but I've actually found myself going back to it over and over. I think I auditioned for one of the sequels to Wrong Turn. I think there's been like six sequels to Wrong Turn. (laughs) So that totally makes sense. (laughs) Uh, It's also got a killer first cast. They've got Elijah Dushku. Mm -hmm. um, And there is, help me with the name, she is Ease girlfriend in Entourage. Oh, uh, Emmanuel Maniki or, or Maniki Chir- or something. Yeah. Yes. She is a Toronto native. I should know her name. Um, and but she's she awesome. is the other lead female in the film. Um, the lead, the second lead male is from Clueless. Okay, uh, the help Beckham? Me, the... Help me with the name. The Rowan with the homies. Oh, shoot. Oh, what and he was also name? in Suburgatory. Yes. His name is Elliot? No. 
Elton. Elton. Rolling with the homies. <laughs> Elton from Clueless. That's uh, the second supporting actor. And then the main guy kind of went away. I never have seen him in anything else. Desmond Harrington. But it's a fun flick. I I can't get over how fun a time I had at that theater. So that's why it's number two. What is your number one? I think we might know what mine is, but what is your number one? My number one is Rocky Horror Picture Show. They're cannibals in it. At are the they? end, yeah. So I didn't actually know this. I was looking, I was doing research. What are the best cannibalism movies? And I love this movie. And Dr. Frankenfurter is a cannibal and he tricks Brad and Janet into eating a human. He does? Yeah. How so do I, I not know this? I didn't know this either, but the internet told me that it's true. So it must be true. So it must be true. The internet never delivers fake news, people. You <laughs> heard it here first. All right. That then that's a great pick. Yeah, it's a great movie. And and it's not really about cannibalism. It's just there's cannibalism in there, but the movie is fantastic. Because I saw a lot of like schlocky horror movies and realized maybe I don't really like what comes along with cannibalism traditionally. It's interesting that you say that it's not really about cannibalism, but cannibalism is in the film because I had a hard time putting Silence of the Lambs at number one. Really? Because of the lack of cannibalism in the film. Right. Um, This is obviously about Hannibal, the cannibal, who is helping Clarice Sterling uh, try and find Buffalo Bill. But he's locked away because when he kills people, he eats them. You know, the fava beans and all that stuff. But because Anthony Hopkins, who doesn't have a lot of time in the film, won the Oscar and everybody knows that character. It's also the best film on the list. Like It is. It's, it's the, the best film. The Silence of the Lambs is such an incredible film. That's why it landed in my number one spot. I, why did it land in your number two because under Rocky Horror Picture Because it's such an incredible show? film. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think that maybe I prefer Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, just in general. In general, I think that it's uh, it's so original. And what is this kooky world all about? And I, to me, part of that actually makes it more of that number one spot in my mind because they're not even giving you the full answer. You, they're probably eating Eddie, but you don't really know. Like it's a weird pick because we don't even know. Well, in the original, it is confirmed that they do eat Eddie. Okay. So there, there is a whole bunch of that. But apparently in future cuts, they've kind of cut that back a little bit. So in the original, they ate Eddie. That's 100% in the movie. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, it looks like we have some pretty good lists here. We have Silence of the Lambs and Alive in common. Yes. So should Obviously, we, they're going to be there. Should we secure them as they're like number one in... No, I think I think we want to do here. Three should be alive because it's both of our number three. I agree. I think three should be alive. We've both agreed on it. So we have to decide where Rocky is going in Silence of the Lambs. So they so we're okay to get rid of Wrong Turn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it Wrong Turn out of all of the movies we've picked has the most cannibalism. Yes, but it sounds like we don't really love cannibalism in our films. Nah. So we want to go a different route. I agree because. You know, your ending is currently ambiguous. Right. Well, actually, and so mine doesn't actually bit have a, him eat anybody's face. Further reading, the 1975, they eat Eddie. The remake that came out recently, 
they've like left the it live show. Yeah, they've left it ambiguous. Okay, so the ori- we're talking about the original. We're Tim talking Curry about the original. So they ate. Eddie. They ate Eddie. All right, cool. Silence of the Lambs. We don't see them eating people, but it's definitely an ever-present theme and undercurrent in the movie. Right. They so bring it to up me, quite it counts. a bit. Like, yeah. So to me, it counts. Like, it's just as there. Because Rocky Horror Picture Show, they kind of don't talk about it till they reveal that you've eaten Eddie. Whereas Sons of the Lambs, there's not the direct cannibalism, but it's so present in that movie. It's it's part of the movie. And not to mention that character is iconic now. For iconic. That. We've got a TV series. Yes. We had two other films. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins basically has never done a role as good as that film. I would agree with that. I would argue that Tim Curry was better in Legend than he was in... Well, that's a hard sell. But Tim Curry has done other things that are comparable. Where Anthony Hopkins has only ever gone back to that role so we could see it again in Hannibal versus the first time. I I mean, Anthony Hopkins is like a world-renowned... Here is my thing and why I think it should be number one. One, it's on both of our lists. But two, it's almost the first image that comes to your mind when you think of cannibal. You know what? That is true. That That is true. I ate his liver with a side of fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> <sighs> no, he doesn't do it that way. He goes... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I so like it. So we have number one. I like number one. We have number two, and we have number, number three. three. All right. I think we got to run this down. I love it. Number three, Alive. Number two, Rocky Horror Picture Show. And the number one cannibal movie of all time is The Silence of the Lambs. Now, we've got a couple honorable mentions that we should probably bring up. First of all, I've never seen The Green Inferno by Eli Roth or Cannibal Holocaust, which is supposed to be the definitive cannibal movie, but it was also so raunchy. And I think they kill an animal like on camera in it. For real? Yeah, it's a very controversial film. That's the reason I never saw it. I didn't want to see them. I think it's a turtle. I don't think I want to see a turtle die on camera. Um. That has like PETA screaming. But I mean, I've, I've seen Ben-Hur where like so many horses have died. I've actually gone back to Ben-Hur. I think it's still like amazing. That's kind of awful of me to say. You have to remember, you know what? When I think about that and movies like that, we wouldn't stand for a Ben-Hur movie being made and killing animals now. No. But it was a different time back then. And I think that you can move past that. Like, right. But I still don't feel an urge to see Cannibal Holocaust. Now, my honorable mentions, though, Ravenous, which was this like great little 90s film about these guys in a cabin and they start eating each other. And then The Road with Viggo Mortensen and his son. And it's post-apocalyptic. And people are really afraid of other people because there are... Uh, people eating people because of the shortage of f- of food. Interesting. I have not even like I'm not. I don't know anything about this movie. Scene. The Road. Yeah. Oh, it came out in 2009, and it's um got a really scary scene about cannibalism. Huh. What are in- yours? So mine were um parents, 
It was a 1989 movie. Oh, yes, parents. I've never seen it, but oh. I, I now I want to see it. A lot of my honorable mentions, I'm not going to lie to you, are things that I just really want to see. Like and you I'm, saw a poster and you were like, I want to see that movie. Yeah, and then I read <laughs> a little about it and I was like, what? How is this not? Have I not seen this before? So it's it's a comedy and it's about a 1950s style family that they happen to eat people. And I, I like that. I like that undercurrent of 1950s with cannibalism. I think sure. it's nice. Um, the other one actually... And maybe, like, we have to put it on our watch list and watch it for this show. Uh, Soylent Green, 1973. Oh, sure. I've seen Soylent Green. Uh, And it looks like a dystopia that I would just love. And obviously, I think, well, it's 1973. So, spoilers, they were eating humans the whole time. But the whole film, you're like, what is Soylent Green? Oh, and then. But I think everyone knows. Yeah, I mean, I knew that. I just want to see the movie. It kind of reminds me of a movie that I saw recently. It's all, I forget the name right now, set on a train. And they're all eating this black jello brick stuff. And then they find out it's insects at the end. I don't know what that is. I'm pretty sure you've seen it. It's like set on a train. It's a dystopia. Oh, it's Snowpiercer. Yeah, that's it. Snowpiercer. Why don't I remember that? It's all the like, the like cockroaches and they kill them and they turn them into that the fact that they were eating black jello things yeah i mean that was disgusting you knew it was some sort of protein yeah but gross that it's roaches and things like that so any others we are what we are which i have watched a lot of but i haven't seen all of it so i couldn't in good conscience, put it on the list also it wasn't it wasn't going to compare to any of the ones on the list fair enough um but it's actually really good. It's a very slow burn, dark, intense movie. I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. And it's very interesting. It's all about tradition. Interesting. I'll have to check that one out. You've actually given me a couple of recommendations re- recently that I've checked out on Netflix and really enjoyed. So oh. I have to go back. So I got a new backpack. That is what's happening in my life. Like, I cannot tell you how important a good backpack is. Backpacks are... To me, what purses are to women. How many backpacks is too many? Because at this point, I have six. That's too many. How many should I have? Two. W- hold on. One of them has a little trolley handle, so if I'm traveling, I can I can trolley it. Okay, so that's like a carry-on. It's like a carry-on. Fine. One is a... I'll give you three, then. One is a rugged, can be a backpack, can be a like a duffel bag and it's like great for overnights. I don't know about this one, but fine. (laughs) One is obviously my slim one, which is totally a tech bag. And then one has to be really big. Right. So I can shove everything I can when I come to podcasts. Like I need to fit the gear in, need to fit my laptop in, anything else that needs to go in like Tupperware from my food that I had that morning or whatever. Like, all of it has to be able to fit in that backpack. So, yeah, you've only convinced me of three. You can have three backpacks. There's also my Jurassic Park backpack because it's got it's got a Jurassic Park logo on it. I don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> Can't you just put a Jurassic Park, like, uh, you know, sticker or whatever they're called onto this your is, new this ones? Is, I haven't even gotten into shoulder bags yet. Oh, shoulder bags, that's a messenger bag. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> Good. So, <laughs> maybe I'll get rid of my Jurassic Park bag. 
And maybe that and maybe weird duffel on. one. No, I like the duffel. You would think it was cool. I look cool with it. Sure you It's do. also my look cool bag. Mm-hmm. Mm, I do look cool. Two times, two times tech. tech. No, no, two two times. Two. So okay, right. One, two. Two times three. tech. No, no, go on three and then go. One, two, three. Two times two tech. Times tech. <sighs> <laughs> I, love, I think that's my favorite so far. Like I love that opening so much. You know, we it are might very get lucky. old, but for now, it's brilliant. We're very lucky that we have so many friends who just want to do things into microphones. Exactly, and not only that. I mean, those two people, they get paid for their voice work all the time. So we've got the pros. Is this the first time we've done two times tech on this podcast? It is. So basically the way this works is we take two different tech stories and we just kind of talk about them. So story number one, oh my gosh, we're living in Star Trek 1.0. What do you mean? Okay. Do you remember from Star Trek The Next Generation, Geordi LaForge? Yeah, of course. He went on to be, uh, well, he was always LeVar Burton, but he went (laughs) on to be LeVar Burton of Reading Rainbow. I think he was doing Reading Rainbow before or during. Doesn't matter. That theme song never gets old. I can go anywhere. Friends to know and ways to grow. A Reading Rainbow. See? You're right. It's a pretty good theme song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Jordy had this visor. It was really cool looking and gold, and he was blind without it, but he could see when he had this visor on. Super awesome. And what I love the most about his character is that kind of integrated into the temples of his head. So he was like part man and part machine. Well, guess what? We're living in the future. If you check our description right now, you'll see a link. Uh, CNET is talking about it, actually, and... There is this woman who is 90% blind, Mm -hmm. but she puts on these glasses and there are certain optic cameras or lenses. Yeah, there's like multiple cameras with multiple lenses. And then she has this like remote control. Yeah, like she has a remote control so that she can alter because she's not completely blind she's legally blind that's right and i think that that's probably worth mentioning but then she can like adjust what she sees so that she can see the world and she's seeing it pretty great oh totally and and she put on the visor a number of years ago when the first prototype was created and saw her husband for the very first time which is an adorable thought totally i hope she didn't leave him i think they're still together that's good (laughs) But I totally love this, you know. They said that four out of five people who try these out, who are legally blind, can see. Yeah, but guess what the price tag is. Oh, it's got to be like $5, right? I'm kidding. It's got to be like, <laughs> I don't know, 500 No, no. More, like way more? Way more. 5000 <laughs> Like more. Whoa, this is more than my car. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, how much? $10,000. Oh, my God. So I guess right now the legally blind can receive these through the help of nonprofit organizations who raise money or maybe they're really rich r- legally blind people. Well, I hope that I'm really rich when I become blind. 
I well, hope you hope don't, I don't become get blind. blind. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I hope that glasses will be all I ever need in life. Um, but if I ever become blind, I hope I'm rich so that I can get these because they also Wait just look super cool. Do you ha- wear glasses? No. Like, do you wear contacts? No. Okay, me neither. No, but I assume at some point in my life it's going to deteriorate. Oh, that happens. And I'm going to have to, you like, You know when get people get glasses. old and all of a sudden they're holding things really far? 100%. You got to go to the Shopper's Drug Mart and get those, like, off-the-rack glasses <laughs> that you only use once a week tops. Even though everybody tells you, you got to use these when you drive. You got to use these when you read. You don't. You don't. So, hopefully, I mean, by the time we're that age, I bet you these cool... Jordy LaForge visor glass thing. Maybe the price will have come down. Yeah, and we'll just be able to use those. I like that. All right, our second story is a doozy. I'm ready. Facebook is adding new pages for job hunters. On Facebook? On Facebook. On Facebook. That's right. So think about it this way. You log into Facebook, you're already logged in all the time, and you need a job. So you go to the job hunting thing, and you don't even have to get off the page. You just apply right there on Facebook. I mean, that's with what pretty, your your Facebook profile. personal Facebook profile. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I don't really want employers looking at my Facebook profile. I know, right? Like, I I know that employers, it's becoming a thing. You Google people, you try to find them on Facebook. Oh, but I'm hard to find. I try to make myself hard to find. Oh, you know what? Okay, this story is actually like. I don't know what our listeners... Would you actually use this if you're listening? Well, would you? I wouldn't. I don't think I would now. There is no chance. Because I really like the idea of I'm already logged in. I see a job I like. I can easily apply. But LinkedIn is built specifically for this and it is set up professionally. Right. It's a completely professional place to go and you feel perfectly fine using it. In fact, a lot of workplaces will block Facebook but keep LinkedIn open. And I don't have my Facebook profile on my LinkedIn profile or my resume. Me neither. Absolutely not. Because that is where I look at children. I mean, like children of friends, not like I'm searching for children. That would be super weird and gross. No, no. Like this is where I see like my family members. I'm ser- Stop it. No, I'm serious. Like, there I'm are children, sorry, it just came there are children out. on my feet. It came out really wrong. <laughs> there are babies and mommies and daddies, and they're all my friends, <laughs> and they live on Facebook. So, no, I don't want to associate Facebook with my work. Uh, I Not will- to say that looking up children is part of my work, because that would also be wrong. Okay. We're just going to... Put a pin in that and move on to we other to things. Let's I, just keep going. <laughs> I have a friend who works in HR. And did you know that HR people try to find you on Facebook? So if you work at a company totally. that like has an HR department, lock down your Facebook because those HR people are looking. They're looking for you and like, I don't know, spying on your life. I don't want them doing that. Also, I don't know. Is your Facebook page like employer friendly? Um, I believe so. Yeah, I think I'm okay. There's no ridiculous photos of me from college up there drinking or being silly or like, God forbid, dancing half naked on a pool table or something like that. Not that I never did that. I'm just saying there's no evidence and you can't find any. For somebody like you who is an actor, 
eh, you probably have things in the world that display you in light that Facebook won't even touch. Like, you know, you died in an acid pillow fight a couple years ago on screen. So very true. So there's a lot of things that people can find you in that probably illustrate more about who you are than your Facebook page. Now I have a question for you. Um, in the film industry, it's pretty standard. You become friends with anyone you work with. But I find that in other industries, like if you're in an office industry, there's like this unspoken code now that you don't Facebook friend anyone in your office. It's a good point. My director is not friends with me. My manager is, and a couple of coworkers are, maybe five. But see, that's the thing. It's not like everyone you work with. No, it's like... and when I meet somebody, they LinkedIn me. They do not ask for my Facebook. Oh, like randomly or at professional events? No, if I meet them in an email or I meet them in person, it's very common for me to see them pop up on my LinkedIn as requesting a friend. Right. That's yeah. fair. I do that all the it's time, It's a professional too. connection, really. And for the most part, I want them as my professional connection because who knows what could come of it. I don't think I've ever said no to anyone connecting with me on LinkedIn. However, I do say no on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Often. <laughs> very often like those random like i assume bots that are oh, non... i'm talking high school bullies from 1992 oh yeah, you're not getting on here your time is done hey shut up it's trailer trash i know that we ignored kong in our first segment we are terrible people but we're not going to ignore it in this segment okay what are we what are we watching we are watching a trailer for an upcoming monster movie that I think sounds a lot more interesting than Kong. Okay, who's in it? What's going on? We've got Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudeikis, Tim Blake Nelson, Dan Stevens. I don't know those last two. What? You don't not... know those guys? Nah. -uh. Dan Stevens is in Legion and is playing the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. Ah. Tim Blake Nelson, you would totally know if you saw him, but he's not a household name. Fair enough. And they are in a movie called Colossal. Okay, let me break down what Colossal is all about. It is about Anne Hathaway, who kind of has these like moments of blacking out when she's either drunk or maybe asleep. We don't really know, but that's when this monster shows up. And it turns out that Anne Hathaway is controlling the monster with her movements. So funny. I think this is a breath of fresh air for the monster genre. Me too. Because I have to tell you, I just don't really care about seeing Kong. You don't? I think it looks really, really good. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't even bother. It's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I know the story. You've got a big giant monster thing and it's... Well, you know, they are setting it up so that they can fight God... He can fight Godzilla in the next movie. Yeah, again... You know, this is, this is again, a world-building film. I have, like, a zero degree of interest in this. I feel like I know the story. What are they going to bring that's new? Maybe some cool special effects. And that's what they're going to really prioritize. And that's just not my jam. So in Colossal, it seems like Anne Hathaway's boyfriend, Dan Stevens, has left her. And she's kind of going through, like, a drunken period with her friends. And I'm pretty stoked about the result of this being there's a giant monster and she controls it with her, her body. body. 
Uh, for me, I think one of the things that I like the most about this is the trailer starts and it feels like a monster genre. Like totally. Very serious. You know, you have this like the tremors and the close-ups and the the acting that would come along with that kind of thing where everything's taking itself very seriously. And then slowly but surely it starts to reveal A, what the movie's about and B, the fact that it's obviously a comedy. And it ends with Anne Hathaway dancing and in the forefront they're watching a little screen and seeing the monster do the same dance. I think there is a lot of room to run here. Honestly, I think that this is a really fun, fresh concept on an old idea. And I think that I'm really excited to watch this movie. Me too. I'm going to definitely check this one out. I'm not even going to watch anything else about it. I don't need to see any more trailers. It has sold me on just this small little teaser. And I think it comes out in April. So we going to go? Yeah. All right. Perfect. Now we do have some homework for you friends out there. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about a movie called Moonlight. You may have heard of it from the Oscars. Yeah. So we're actually recording this ahead of the Oscars. Because I'm going away. So when you listen to this, Ivana will actually be in Europe. So we're trying to get all uh, all of our episodes lined up and done before that time. So we don't know how Moonlight did. You do. Yeah, you, as you're listening, know what happened. Did it win Best Picture? We don't know. But uh, we're going to find out what this thing's all about and talk about it next week. Next week. Series Survival. Dun, dun, dun. This week on Series Survival, Jay and I watch three new television show trailers. You can find links to the videos yourself in our show notes. And we're about to weigh in on. Which ones are going to make it to season two? Uh, let's start with Time After Time, a new ABC drama. Yeah, so this is from Kevin Williamson, who did Scream. Um, it is basically about H.G. Wells and his time machine that he built back in the day. Um, the famed time machine from The Time Machine. And Jack the Ripper somehow jumps into it. They were best friends back in the day. Totally. And Jack the Ripper goes to the future. So now we have a a race against time for H.G. Wells to stop Jack the Ripper from killing more people in New York City. I don't know about you, but the entire time I'm watching the trailer, I'm thinking, wait a minute. If H.G. Wells also jumps into the future... How did everything from the past all the way to the future continue as expected because he's no longer in the past? Well, let's just start with this is a big, dumb, stupid film or TV show. (laughs) And I don't think people need to think about it that hard. I Uh, couldn't not think about it, though. My thing is, is this in London? So if the time machine's in London, how does it travel to New York? Maybe it also, you not only can you choose where you start, but you can choose where you end. I mean, that's more interesting to me. If you can actually be like, yeah, I want to go to the other side of the world when I travel. I Um, mean, isn't that kind of implied? I feel like if you are going on a time machine, can't you also just choose a location? I mean, if you can travel through time, you can travel through space. The other thing would be that, H.G. Wells' time machine is in New York, but then why is Jack the Ripper in New York? Like, it just, 
boggles my brain these timelines <laughs> um but yeah i i think it's gonna get a second season i think so too i don't want to watch it i'm i the the trailer didn't really intrigue me too much i mean in some ways when i saw kevin williamson's name on it i was like oh i love him scream like uh but yeah i i don't know if i'm gonna watch the show too much i'm not the demographic i don't think fair enough well, let's go to one that I am the demographic of, and that is Iron Fist, the new Marvel Defender series that's coming to Netflix. I didn't even need to watch the trailer to know that I'm going to watch this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think all of the Marvel Netflix series, it's it's smart. I mean, this is now, what, four? Four yeah. of them. This is four. This is the last Defender this is uh, this is a hard one to actually say if they'll do a second season of. I really don't think they will because the idea is they'll do Iron Fist and then go into the Defenders, where all four of them will be there. Ah, so you think um, Daredevil will come back? Yeah, this is the weird thing. And Daredevil's then, the only one that's got a second season so far. So far, yeah. But I think there's a third season planned, no? Yeah, and they also have The Punisher coming. Right. And then and then I believe that is Jessica Jones getting a second season? That's the thing. I don't know. And that's where because Jessica Jones is one of the most successful Netflix series ever. It is phenomenal. So I don't know why Jessica Jones hasn't had a sequel. Or Has it been a, a full second... year since the first one came out? Yeah, because Luke, Luke Cage, Cage came, came out, out last about a year. year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And Jessica Jones was the year before. Which is strange that there wasn't another Jessica Jones. But there was a season two of Daredevil. So will Iron Fist just be like such a fan favorite all of a sudden that it gets a season two? I don't think it will. I'm going to say that Iron Fist is going to get a season two. I think that it will absolutely happen. It may happen a year and a half down the road after the first one premieres. But I think that they're... There's something about this trailer that makes me think there's going to be more stories to come. I also didn't get a hell of a lot from the trailer, which I'm happy about. You know my theory. If it already has my money, you don't watch. The I trailer. don't need to see the trailer on it. Um, and I've actually done really, really well by not watching trailers to things. <laughs> so I say no, you say yes. I say yes. Fair there's something enough. about this trailer. It reminds me a little bit of Daredevil. Daredevil has... A storyline or like the flow of the story is really conducive towards multiple seasons where I will admit that Jessica Jones was just so perfect. I love that, that whole series that I, beginning to have. Yeah. Like part of me is like, well, if they made a second season and there isn't a David Tennant, then what? How do you do it? And And where do they go from the end of it? So, you know, in some ways... Jessica Jones was a real story beginning to end. Daredevil was a little bit more episodic. That's it did that's build a good to point. something, but it, it was Luke episodic. Cage again was an entire story exactly, all the way through. Yeah. And so this maybe looks, this will too. This looks episodic to me. Like I, I don't know. So. There's something about the way that they cut the trailer, and you're right, and not much is revealed to you, but it just appears episodic to me. I think they're gonna come back with a season two. Okay, let's move on to our third and fourth. Final of the day, Harlots by Hulu. Hulu. All right, so this does nothing for me. Really? N like, 
The trailer just looks like I'm not going to watch you. Um, I never watched The Crown, which is a fan favorite of Netflix people. I didn't watch it either. And I will admit that just off the top of my head, when I see something done in that time frame, I'm like, oh, not that interested. And and there are many really good movies that are set in those times. I don't even know what the years would be, but many good television shows and movies set back then. Just not that, I'm not that interested. I do think that there's a modern twist to this. They had very modern music. It appears, because it's all about prostitutes, uh, that it's going to have a modern, like, twinge i feel like and i think we're gonna see a lot of sex a lot it's gonna fill in that true blood sexy sexy oh you think that's where it's going i think it's kind of going in the realm of rain or, or the tutor risque what about like the tutors again i didn't watch it because it's you know set back then okay so and again nothing to say that it's it's probably great i hear lots of people say a lot of great things but I'm just not that interested in the overall time that it's set in. But this reminds me a little bit. I think it's going to be like Rain, but older. I don't older. know what that is. Oh, you don't know what Rain is? No. It films in Toronto, and it's a t- CW series, I believe. Um, and it's there set... Be, there can't be a lot of sex in it. Well, like the insinuation of it. It's for oh, teenagers. Of of There's nothing too scandalous. There's no nudity or anything. But there's lots of the talking about the concept of sex kind sure. of thing. It's called Rain, and it's very popular. It's in season five, I want to say, right now. Okay. Um, All right. Maybe I'll take a look uh, later down the road. Is it good? I don't know. I've never watched it. Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> is it going to go to season two? Absolutely. I'm saying no. Oh, okay. I'm saying no. Are you going to watch it? No. Me neither. Uh, I think out of all of the ones we've talked about today, the only one I'm going to watch is Iron Fist. I will watch that first episode of Time After Time, and I'll tell you why. Someone needs to answer my question. Like, how did time just keep going on even though he left? He left into the future. Like, is the presumption that the timeline was always that he went into the future and then he goes back in time and finishes living out his life in the past. But once you go to the future, would you ever be satisfied living in the past? I wouldn't. There are so many questions that burn in my brain. And that's our show. Thank you so much for listening and please tune in again next Monday. If you'd like to help us support the show, we'd really appreciate it. All you have to do is hop on iTunes or use your favorite podcast service, this really helps us grow the show, especially at like episode five here. Our intro song comes from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so please do not be a stranger. You can reach us on our website, morethemovies.net, or Facebook slash morethemoviespodcast. Email us at hello at morethemoviesnet Catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Savannah. And I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending time with us. We'll be back next Monday with an all new episode. And until next time, friends, do more and watch more. <laughs>